A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Crush Mini Crush Monday with Nizzle in the house. I like that. Nizzle. In your house, that is. Is that like Pig Latin? Is that how, how, what, is that just like a hip hopification? <laughs> That's Snoop Latin. Okay, got it. Got it. You ever met Snoop Dogg, Chuck? Have I ever met Snoop Dogg? I have not met him. I, uh, I walked right by him one time. And, uh, oh boy, do I even want to talk about this? Did he smell good, Chuck? Did he smell good? Uh, I'm not going to tell the story, <laughs> okay, but I, I, I passed by Snoop Dogg one time in very yeah. close proximity. Yeah. And he, sm- and he referenced uh, me and my friends as being uh, uh, all these white guys with sideburns. <laughs> oh, well, that sounds, that, that, that sounds on brand. Was this like back in the 70s? Like, when was this? No, no, this is, I'm in, just the, <laughs> this is in the uh, probably late 90s when the big sideburns were in. Have you met him? No, no, I have not. I have not. He just seems cool. Yeah, I I love him, man. I I was uh, I remember very distinctly the first time I ever listened to the Chronic mm-hmm. in Athens, Georgia, with my friends uh, Jason and Clay, and uh, when Snoop Dogg made his debut on that record, I had never heard of a, a I never heard a voice like his before. Yeah, yeah, and it was totally original and just fucking floored me completely. I was like, was that- who is this guy? Yeah, he had this super laid back kind of like, just so cool, just the coolest delivery, you know. Yeah, and it was just different at the time. Like everything was kind of hard hitting, and yep. Yep. he was the perfect counterpunch to Dre. Uh, I need to listen to the Chronic again. I haven't pulled that out in a little while. Is that the one that encourages you to smoke weed every day? Well, it is four twenty, Noel. Yeah, I'm just saying. Thanks for bringing that up. No worries. So that's a nice segue. Uh, what we were going to do, and we talked about doing since this is releasing on April 20th, was doing a doing a weed episode, but then I started thinking about how dumb that is. <laughs> hey, Chuck, you ever podcasted on weed? <laughs> on weed? Uh, so we uh, are not doing a 420 episode, but I thought I would at least throw a bone to the crowd and do a segment on weed movies. Totally. Fair enough. Oh yeah, yeah, love it. So I asked the movie crushers, "What is the best weed movie?" And I said, "I don't know if there are any because I find them all kind of dumb, in my honest opinion." Um, but let's see what the people have to say. What do you say? Do you like what's weed the, movies? Yeah. What's the Dave Chappelle one? That's that's the classic. That one's actually considered pretty funny and pretty half baked. Half baked. It yeah. was it was okay, I guess, but it I was cute. I only saw it once, so it's not like 
It couldn't have been that good. What about the Cheech and Chong movies? You don't have a little nostalgic, warm place in your heart for those guys? I do, but they're really not that good. They're not, and they're really dumb. I hate to say it. Yeah. They're kind of dumb and not that good. I, I can say that now with hindsight. I think that's fair. Um, oh, I don't know. You like that high-maintenance show a lot. That's a, that's a weed thing. Sort of, but... Uh... Yeah, you see it, and you'll realize it's not a it's not a weed show at all. Got it. It's a show about human beings, Noel. How many times do I have to tell you that? Well, so is half baked, Chuck. So is half baked. Well, let's see if uh, <laughs> let's see what, if any of these will jog my memory of good weed movies. Uh, Austin Ardebsky, one of our good friends, says Pineapple Express. When that came out, me and my buddies went to a midnight screening, and people were literally passing joints around and smoking. I will never forget that experience. I actually kind of liked Pineapple Express. That one was fun because it had a heist element involved, you know, where there was yeah, like some was crime. Right. Uh, and Danny McBride's always a, a treat. I really I'll, enjoy I'll him. I'll always see mm-hmm. anything he's mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't want to see it again, but it was fun enough. You know, Chuck, I, there are very few movies these days that I want to see again. As I've gotten older, my time is just so valuable. I don't feel like I ever need to see things more than once most of the time. I know you're, you're, you don't feel that way, but that's just an across-the-board thing for me kind of with movies nowadays. All right, fair enough. Uh, Becca Lou goes with Pineapple Express, too, if for no other reason than I'm already in the dumpster is used in my house extensively, is what she says. Uh, and Becca Lou's an old pal, of course. Is that referred for referring to being really stoned or something? Or I'm I don't, already I don't in remember the, the line. Oh. I think uh, I think it was just a line in the movie. I don't think maybe, it had other meaning. I think maybe, they were literally in the dumpster. Yeah, maybe it's literally a scenario where you're supposed to meet somebody in the dumpster and you're saying, I'm already in the dumpster. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one of our oldest friends with a great name, Margarita Saramago, says, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Easily the one I've watched the most times. Uh, from what I remember, I really loved it. Yeah, that was fun. I haven't was seen a weed those. movie. Yeah. Let me see here. Would you consider Dazed and Confused a weed? What constitutes a weed movie? Like, Well, good point, because someone says Dazed and Confused in here. Uh, where was that? I saw it earlier. I don't consider that a weed movie at all. Do you? I guess the very nature of a weed movie is sort of diminutive anyway, because it's implying mm-hmm. that it's sort of a one trick pony and mm-hmm. that it's 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 leaning on a stale kind of, you know, joke the whole movie. And so I could see where you're coming from. The idea of a weed movie inherently is like schlocky and kind mm-hmm. of not great. usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because weed culture is kind of dumb and schlocky and not great. But what you realize is, is that like all kinds of people smoke weed, everyone of, of, of every kind of like, you know, social strata and like, you know, mm-hmm. generation. So many people smoke weed that to your point about high maintenance, that's probably more what that show's about is about all of the mm-hmm. different people that are connected sure. by this, you know, kind of common thread. You know, yeah. so no. yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let me see here. Jacob Cusera says not a weed movie at all, but. In the 80s, in 9 to 5, the pivotal scene where Lily Jane and Dolly smoke up and hatch a plan to do uh, undo their chauvinistic boss. That is a great scene. Great movie. Dolly Parton smokes weed? In the movie, they got only, high. It was only in the very funny. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, Lily Tomlin supplied it. That sounds on brand, yeah. Definitely wasn't Jane Fonda, because she was the uptight one. I don't think it was Dolly. It's been a while, but it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, I think Lily Tomlin had a joint or something like that. Got it. Uh, one of our old friends, Luke Harkle, wrote, says, got to go with Up and Smoke. Cheech and, Cheech and Chong basically just stringing together a bunch of stuff from their comedy albums, but it works. Uh, yeah, you know. You know how I feel about those. Yep. Don't they need occup- to watch they, them. They occupy a certain place in, in cinematic and comedic history, I think. Absolutely. Sort of like a Gallagher-esque situation. You know, it's like, this is the thing we do. We're Cheech mm-hmm. and Chong. We're the weed stoner guys, and this is our bit. You know, and let's stretch it out for as many movies as we can get paid for. Yeah. And it turns out there's not a ton of these movies because the same ones are coming up again and again. Um, There's a movie from Dylan Thomas here called How High. I was about to say, I saw that. Isn't that the one with uh, Red Man and um, uh, Method Man? And and another man? (laughs) Just the two men. Just just Red and Method, I think. That sounds about right. Yeah, I believe that's correct. And, you know, I don't know if you would call this strictly a weed movie at all. It's not, but I think Friday could maybe gather in that general area as a as a good comedy featuring lots of weed. Friday's a good movie though. Like that's like a that's solid ass picture, you know? Like that yeah, really I holds love up. It. Mm-hmm. It's good. I love it at the beginning when uh 
Ice Cube's mom tells him to uh, have the milk or have uh, water with his cereal because <laughs> they're out of milk. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Can you imagine? Water cereal. Ugh. If you if you really think about it, though, milk is kind of gross too. I mean, I like it, but when you really think, give it too much thought, it starts to kind of come apart. You know, like the idea really? of drinking milk. Yeah, it's just cow juice. You know, it's like watery liquid cow juice. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what about skim? Skim. Forget about it. Whole milk or nothing. That's that's where I'm going to draw the line. Well, we got to go with two percent in our house because of Ruby's age. But those first couple of years were blissful when you had the whole milk in the house. Before you got to make that switch to two percent, it was the is that best. A thing? What is this? I don't know about this. What does this have to do with age? Is this like a yeah? You drink whole thing? milk into a certain age, and then they recommend you go down to two percent. Oh, interesting. That's what they say. But boy, I love that whole milk with a cookie. Oh, yeah, it's true. No, it's true. I love milk. I'm just saying, if you really give it too much thought, it sound, it starts to seem gross. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes says of How High, uh, How High is a sloppily constructed stoner movie filled with lame, vulgar jokes. <laughs> See? 26%. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Alicia Dietz says this. this. is a good comment. Uh, one of our old friends says, I can't name a specific movie, but I've always found it interesting to rewatch a movie I saw as a kid. And then as an adult, pick up on the more adult-related happenings in the movie That's that true. went way over my head. That One of those is uh, the scene in Romancing the Stone that I saw in the theater when I was, geez, what year did that come out? I, I couldn't have been more than like 10 years old. And they find this old abandoned uh, cargo plane in the jungle that was used for, for uh, hauling weed through South America. And there are big bales of marijuana, and he starts a fire with it, and there's this... I just always remember Michael Douglas throws the big bale of weed on the fire and goes, oh, that's what I call a campfire. And I don't, when I was 10 years old, I had no idea. I was like, yeah, it looks nice. <laughs> that's so funny. The innocence uh, the, of a child. The, the, the big one for me was um, that I just didn't understand, and it was a narrative thing, was in Pulp Fiction when she's doing cocaine. I understood what cocaine was, mm -hmm. sort of, just, you know, ephemerally, I guess, or uh, but... She she does the heroin instead of cocaine, and then she you like, probably didn't get the difference. I didn't understand the difference. Yeah, yeah I, I I didn't understand the distinction. I, I I assumed, yeah, I just didn't get that narrative like little twist. Uh, but also did not understand that the Gimp character was uh, anally raping uh, Ving Rhames' character. Did not pick up on that at all when I was a little kid. I just think I just didn't know what I was looking at. And then I... Oh, so when he was bent over and getting ramrodded, you didn't... Uh... I didn't understand what that... <laughs> I just... That was... I was. I saw it very young, Chuck. I no, think I was probably like 12 or 13 when I right. saw that movie. You and know? you're like, are they building something together? Yeah, exactly. Are they wrestling? Is he helping him get a kink out of his, his, his neck? Like, what's going on here? He was helping him get a kink out of his butthole. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, goodness me. The innocence of youth is so, so great. It really, it's very fleeting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I remember the first time I smelled pot at uh, my very first concert when I saw Cheap Trick when I was mm -hmm. 11 at the Fox Theater here in Atlanta in 1982. Uh, I smelled pot. And the first time you smell that smell, it's unlike, it's kind of like the first time you drink a beer. Totally. It doesn't taste like anything you've ever tasted before. Right. And I smelled the pot and it smelled like nothing else I had ever smelled. And I was like, "What is that?" Do you remember like, thinking it was that you? It was gross. Do you think that you thought it was a gross? Did it register as a gross smell? Not really. It just smelled. It was just completely different than any other smell my little nose had ever registered. That's so I true. didn't know what to think about it. Yeah, it's funny. I, I brought Eden to uh, to uh, L.A. Uh, with me when we went up for the podcast awards, and um, you were you were there, and um, we were staying at this hotel in uh, you know Hollywood near our studios, and I had to have the weed talk with her because every elevator smells yeah. like straight dank <laughs> and i just yeah. finally she kept being like what is that and i you know it yeah. wasn't like it was a big deal i was just like well uh here in california marijuana is legal um and so people can carry it around and the kind that they have here is really strong and has a very strong smell so that's what that smell is and she was and like, it's everywhere yeah and she was like i don't like it i'm like that's fine give it Till you're 16 or something. <laughs> yeah, 16, okay, 18. I'm yeah. kidding, Chuck. I'm kidding, obviously. But. Well, I mean, you know, kids are going to do what they're going to do. I, I think uh, I didn't uh, I didn't try marijuana until I was in college. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was I was definitely on the straight and narrow as a high schooler, and I'm glad actually. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It's something. I mean, you're, when you're if you're getting stoned when you're 13 and 14, and 
almost all my friends did. Uh, it's, I don't know, just too young, I think. There's that line in uh, in Jackie Brown where um, I think it's Robert De Niro's character says to Bridget Fonda's character, you got to quit smoking that shit. It's going to rob you of your uh, what ambition. Say? Ambition. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> and she says, what if your ambition is to sit around and get stoned all day? Exactly. <laughs> Such a great line. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> that shit is going to rob you of your ambition. Uh, let me see here. Jeez, uh, there are no good weed movies. Everyone's saying half-baked because that's the only one in Pineapple and Express that are even halfway good. Uh, Grandma's think- Boy. Court- Courtney Hoover says Grandma's Boy. Never heard of that one. Yeah, that one's one of the worst-reviewed movies of all time. Is it really? Let's look that one up on Rotten Tomatoes. Hold on. Grandma's Boy, 16%. And it says, a gross-out comedy that's more gross than comedy. Grandma's Boy is lazy (laughs) and unrewarding. (laughs) And will rob you of your ambition. And will rob you of your ambition. But here's the thing, though, dude. Movies like this aren't meant to be well-reviewed. No one's saying that these are like epic works of like cinematic genius. They're just easy and fun and stupid. And you can turn your brain off and have a good time watching it, you know? And every pothead will watch it. So you've got that demographic built in. Exactly. They don't have a they don't have a lot to choose from. Uh, Linnea Barnett says Grandma's Boy as well. First movie my husband and I watched together, and he even proposed to me while we were watching it. Oh my lord! Wow. All right. All right. We're gonna give up on this one. A bunch of people are saying Days Confused. Sophia Fernandez, Heather Ingram, one of our old friends. Uh, yeah. All right. We did it. Oh, this is a good one, though. This is a little little line from Grandma's Boy Review. I just like, this is really good writing here. The sex, fart, and pot jokes come so fast and furious that a white flag seems the most appropriate response. Surrender? Like, like surrender. I give up. You're bombarding me with, with uh, sex, fart, and pot jokes. <laughs> a new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now we're going to move on to another question asked about movie sequels, but specifically a movie sequel that is not part of a larger series or trilogy. So can't be part two of three or two of four. Okay. Just a one-two punch, which happens less than you think. Because it seems like once you make two, they're always saying, like, let's do the trilogy, you know? Yeah, unless you have some auteur that's like, no, that's it, we stop at two. Well, and then people are cheating already, so if you cheated, you're not getting read. Uh, Austin Ardevsky, our old friend, again, says Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, was way better than the first one to me. Uh, All right, fair enough. I, I don't think I thought that one was very good, actually. That's the one. Do you I like mean, it? Well, I mean, there's the part where he like climbs out of a rubber rhino's ass, like naked and covered in like weird amniotic <laughs> fluid for some reason. And that I was don't, great. I don't, I don't. I just don't remember <laughs> why he was like. I think he was trapped. It wasn't amniotic fluid. I think it was sweat. I think he had been trapped inside of it, and he ended up having to, to crawl out of like this rubber <laughs> rhino decoy's ass. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I thought the first Ace Ventura was really fun, but I was also like eleven, and yeah. uh, I, talking I, out of your butt. Talking was really out funny of your then. butt was the height of of comedic timing for sure. Oh, it was good. You know, it was funny. He was he was sort of at his uh, physical comedic peak at the time. I think if you look back at the second one too, there's some kind of problematic cultural stuff in it. Oh, maybe, really? I, it's I don't like, even remember. It's like a. It's an. You know, I think it's an. Australia like it's the uh, Aborigines or something like that or it's some tribal group and there's this like really. this like sacred bat or something named like Wakaka or some shit and like every time he says it he says it in a kind of mocking way I don't know the whole thing it's, I just remember it being a little yeah, weird doesn't, doesn't yeah. age well no probably not uh, here's one I didn't even consider because they were so far apart but she's right I think Catherine uh, Brignac or Brignac says Blade Runner 2049 liked it even better on a second watch. I've only seen that once. I need to dive down into that one again. I, I really liked it. I think it's great. I find it to be a better movie than the first one in terms of just the story. Obviously, the first one broke so much ground in terms of like cinematography and using the miniatures and just the whole world building of it. But I thought the second one like had a more interesting story and just like had more nuance to it. I really, really liked it. Yeah, for sure. People don't understand this question, Noel. They're going with part threes and good God. Just just do what I say, everyone. Just do what I say. Just follow instructions. <laughs> uh, Brian Pisaesi, one of our old pals, says Wayne's World 2. Uh, and he said it mostly holds up. I agree. Okay. Now, I have not seen this yet. Our old friend Tanya Cox from Australia says Paddington 2. I've heard those are both really good. They're wonderful. And I think, I think 2 you is told me better. That. 2 is better. That's absolutely accurate. It's got Bri- right. uh, it's uh, uh, Gleason. Who's the elder Gleason? Um, who, Jackie? No, no, no. Like the the Irish guy. His son is Dom Hall Gleason. Paul? Is, is that his name? Oh, is is Dom Hall Gleason his son? It's his son. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's in it. He plays this like this, this kind of hardened convict to Paddington. Turns into a big old softy with his uh, delightful, warm heart and making marmalade and stuff. And uh, it's got uh, Hugh Grant is in it, playing like this washed up actor. Um, it's just great. And it's got a lot of great uh, weirdo comedy people from um, uh, Britain in it, like Richard Iwadi and uh, mm-hmm. some of the people from like the Mighty Boosh and a lot of those. It's just they're both really fantastic movies. All right. I got to see those. Because I think it was you that told me how great they were. You can watch them with Ruby too. Like it, I'm, I'm telling you, they're just and have one, fun. They're wonderful. They're just there's there's jokes that you will get that she won't get, but just the action is all very pure and kind, and it's just a they're, they're really special movies. I'm telling you, it's crazy how all good right. they are. I'm gonna do it. Uh, Daniel McCoy says, "Babe, Pig in the City, complete 180 from the first movie in terms of tone, but bonkers awesome." 
Uh, that is one of Jesse Thorne's favorite movies, uh, so I'm going to have to check that out. I never saw Babe 2, but I've heard nothing but good things. And I love the first Babe. I still think it's so crazy that it's the same guy that did the Mad Max movies, did know, the Babe right? movies. <laughs> it's a little weird. Uh, Brian J. Uh, Ingrate says, Escape from L.A. The cameos and premise are fun and ridiculous. Uh, wow. Interesting. Escape it, from L.A. T- was terrible to it's me. It's awful. It's so bad. <laughs> it's almost they, there's a how did this get made about it? And like it, oh, really? it, it's got some of the worst like green screen effect. Like, there's a part where he's like surfing. It looked of. like it was made 30 years before it was made. Exactly. It's, it's bizarre. It's very weird. It's, but, you know, I would watch it. It's definitely fun. And there are some good cameos. But like just everything about it just is off. It's just mm-hmm. so, so strange. Well, and if it, it was one of those movies, too, that did the worst thing a sequel can do to me, too, which is to do the exact same film and just like a Mad Lib, just replace a few certain things. Yeah. In a different city, you know? So lazy. But, hey, we're yucking someone's yum. He loved it. Uh, old friend David Mills says, I always love Airplane 2. Uh, not nearly as good as the original, but Part 2 is still great. Yeah, I think Airplane 2 was funny. Did you see those movies, Noel? Probably not. I don't think so. Uh, I was more of a naked gun guy myself. Yeah. Isn't that the same? Isn't that also Jerry Zucker, the Zucker? Yeah. Jerry Zucker? Yeah. Sure. It's a little spoof, funny, Mm -hmm. silly spoof movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our old friend Becca Lou, of course, Frozen 2. Uh, Better than the first in every way. Yeah. Frozen 2 was great. I loved it. Uh, Let me see. Another vote for Blade Runner 2049 from Chris Knapp. Uh, Short Circuit 2. That's from Eddie Waters. I gotta love a sequel with the balls not to cast any of the original actors. Oh, okay. I don't think I realized that was the case. Isn't that the one where like the guy playing the Indian character was actually white? And the- yeah, yeah, it was Fisher Stevens. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Was that only <laughs> yeah. in the first one though, or did they like course, course correct on the second I, one? And I think I only <laughs> hire an Indian guy. I think I only saw the first one, and if I'm reading this right, there was a whole different. Uh, character set in the second one got it i don't even know i might be wrong but i'm certainly not going to go watch it and find out uh joe herndon says young guns 2 was better than the first i'm trying to remember young guns was a big movie in my house in college uh we watched that movie quite a bit and i'm trying to remember if young guns 2 was better or not but i I do i think i remember liking it okay they were you know they weren't the best westerns but they were good for the time i think you know, I think this is actually an Indian dude in uh, in short circuit too. So maybe oh, that's really? why. Maybe they like it was such a fallout from the first one that they were like, you know what, let's let's do a mulligan, and they just kind of like recast the whole thing. Right. Um, I like the Young Guns movie a lot, and I really like the Bon Jovi song that's associated with those movies. It's uh, Blades of Glory. Yeah, shot down <laughs> in a blaze of glory. <laughs> Noel, the only reason I did not start singing that is because I was just waiting on you because I knew that you were going to belt that out. Dude, my... I saw you even sitting back and taking a breath. Oh, wait. No, Fisher Stevens isn't is in Short Circuit 2. Oh, really? As is Michael McKean. Interesting. Hmm. So I don't know if this guy's got his facts quite straight. Okay. Well, I don't remember that. Uh, all right, Noel, we're going to do, uh, we're going to move on here. We do a lot of haikus here on the old movie crush. And haikus are easy, Noel. You know? You say that, Chuck. You know it's not easy? What? A limerick. Oh, is that, that's a, how does that go? I knew a girl from Nantucket who's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Buckets. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> She's something da, 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 and some, da, da, and something da, da, and some, da, da, da. and something and something and cluck it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Those are tough, Yeah. <laughs> Well, we just did one. Couldn't be that hard. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with my friend Mike. Of course, Mike did this. Uh, you remember Mike from the show, everyone. He was uh, my pal who did Vernon, Florida, as his movie crush pick. Hmm. And Mike Mike says this. "'Twas a middle school boy's nightly tryst. And these are supposed to be movie-related, by the way. That's the whole point. "'Twas a middle school boy's nightly tryst. This alone time would not be missed. Cinemax took some rigging for some real quick gig gig gigging <laughs> just to boast that I'd seen Schindler's Fist. <laughs> Whoa. 
Schindler's Fist. Isn't that like a like a porn? Like a, like a porn? Yeah. <laughs> I don't would, know if it was a real one. They wouldn't have shown that on Cinemax, though. They only had uh, like the Red Shoe Diaries <laughs> and you know the 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 light erotica. You know they didn't have a. Oh, I think it's best not to uh, break this down too seriously. Okay, fair, fair. Wait a minute, that's not a Cinemax film. <laughs> I am fully, dude, no, I'm, all I'm saying is I was on board until he named the film, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you had right. me until the Schindler's <laughs> Fist. That, that, no. You had me until the fist. Uh, all right, Mark, if you hear my dogs barking in the background, that's because... That's just, any, that's just life. Yeah, anything happened outside. It could be a, a leaf falling on the ground. Got it. Uh, Mark Colbinson came up with this one for Carrie. For a very scary Carrie to get laid for senior prom, she must turn up her lovely charm and her best red dress must don. This telekinetic spark plug all drenched in blood of friends must with alluring primrose powers ensure a sweet night's end. All right. Varied a bit from the rhyming pattern, but that's okay. It kind of sounds like the like like a riddle that a, that a troll would uh, ask of you at a, <laughs> a, a bridge crossing. What is your name? Exactly. <laughs> uh, our oldest of friends, KBO Kelly Butler Olson, says this: There once was a girl named Ariel. She saved a hot guy, and she fell in love. He's a prince. The fish they dropped hints for her name because she just couldn't tell. So that only works if you pronounce it Ariel. Ariel? Ariel. Because oh. it's, it's, it right? it's fell and then okay. tell, right? <laughs> I probably screwed it up. No, no, Sorry, no. KBO. I, I, I think, you know, I, I would pronounce it Ariel. That's in Little Mermaid, right? I would never pronounce it Ariel. So I think our, our, our limerick writer is making an assumption that we would pronounce uh, a name incorrectly to make her rhyme scheme work. So, Hey, that's okay. You know? Yeah. She's one of our oldest friends and all. Why you got to do her like that? I'm not doing her. I'm just, look, I'm just keeping it real, man. <laughs> it's hard times. Uh, another old pal, Cat Jim Bruno, says this. There once was a bike and a man. The bike was stolen and adventure began. With large Marge, he traveled far. Rode with an outlaw in a car. No one can do tequila dance like Pee Wee can. Big adventure. That's pretty good. That was a good one. These that's are hard, everybody. That's the winner for me so far. Oh, okay. You, yeah. you go in there? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm, I don't know. I'm feeling judgy today for some reason, Chuck. All right. Giovanna Baudet, one of our old friends, says this. A man reliving the same day, he makes sure that things go his way, but he slowly finds out that's not what love is about, and Punxsutawney is where he will stay. That's pretty good. That's very good. Okay. Uh, solid. Yeah, really good. Very solid limerick. Groundhog Day. I don't know. He was that was Pulp Fiction. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, oldest of friends, Austin Ardebski, is on it today. There once was a bat named Wayne. To all the villains and bad guys, he brought pain. With pow, whack, and zop, he fought through the night. Hmm. <laughs> Shouldn't that rhyme with zop? It should. He was true. He truly was the Dark Knight. Three cheers for the bat named Wayne. I think there was something missing in there, but that was still good. That was cute. That's uh, about Wayne's World, right? Uh-huh. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, let me see here. Little Dan- uh, This is from Brian Pesesi, one of our oldest of friends. Little Danny knew he was in for a scare. Those twins seem friendly, but oh, what a pair. And beware, tub lady seems super hot, but goodness knows she's really not. It was all bound to happen, even though it's not fair, because dad's always been the caretaker there. I think there was an extra line in there. People, yeah, he says people, he, he cheated. Oh, he says it. He acknowledged. Okay, at least he copped to it. I can, yeah, I can respect right. that. I can respect that. Limericks are hard. They are. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, Ian Tyson says this. A young farmer by the name of Skywalker and Han, his old buddy, a talker, and the falcon they fly, don't get cocky, he'll cry, find the princess invader, her stalker. Pretty good. As far as I'm concerned, if you nail that rhyming scheme, then you've done it right. For sure. It's tricky. I love these, Noel. Limerick corner. L- limericky. There like, there's lots of dirty limericks that you would... I think that that's usually, would, yeah, yeah, sort of the point, is to talk about someone's body parts that's or something. Right. That's right. Uh, some Dan sort of body <laughs> Canterbury Tales-esque yeah, you know, kind exactly. of situation. Yeah. The Miller, the Miller told his tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Floyd says this. 
in TreeSap, they found DNA and then started cloning away. They thought they were sterile, and now they're in peril, thus proving that life finds a way. Ooh. Hats off to you, that sir. That was quite good. Very, very, very zippy. That is a good one. Ooh, here's a Jaws one. All right. This is from Dylan H. Smith. In the, in the New England island of Amity, a shark attack causes calamity. They'll need a big boat and also a vote, because Vaughn being mayor is in the sequel's insanity. Oh, okay, I get it. The fact that him st- is he's still the mayor in the sequel. <laughs> got it. I got gotcha. you. It's like a Trump two-term. Is Jaws 2 the one that has Dennis Quaid in it, or is that 3? Mm, I want to say that's 3. I think but it I'm might trying... be 3. Yeah, because 2 is still Roy Scheider again. Oh, you're right. That was kind of a... None, none of the sequels are good. But not uh, our hero. Or our other hero, the the underwater guy, Mr. Holland's Opus guy. What the hell is his name? Oh, yeah, Dreyfus. He's not in it. He's not in it, too. No. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> our old pal, Jimmy Mallory. He's clearly doesn't know what a limerick is. <laughs> I'm going to read it just because. Okay. This is what he says. To the Mirthmobile, Bohemian Rhapsody, We're Not Worthy, Schwing. I think, is that a haiku? Is it maybe a haiku? <laughs> to the Mirthmobile. Yes, it is. Bohemian. <laughs> oh, God bless you, Jimmy. Yeah. That's great. He, he's, he just wasn't expecting the curveball that was uh, the limerick challenge. Uh, yeah, which is interesting because I very specifically say haikus are easy. Let's do limericks. That's all right. Uh, all right, here's uh, Melinda Bacalao. One of our old friends says this about Ghostbusters. Dana has seen a ghost. Peter acts like a game show host. Who are you going to call? Ghost explode out of the wall. Stay puffed is who Ray thinks of the most. All right, you veered a bit, but that's okay. I'm giving everyone a big old wide berth here, Noel. I think that's fair and very empathetic of you, Chuck, and these are troubled times. <laughs> uh, let me see here. This is from Joshua Enman from Reservoir Dogs. There once was a man called Mr. Pink. In a coffee shop, he made a stink. The others all died by the time he arrived, All he and he got all the cash, so we think. Pretty good. Cute. Joshua Enman, uh, I applaud your efforts to just do a Reservoir Dogs limerick. I love it. Some people are doing several that are clearly enthralled with limericks. Uh, let me see here. I feel like it's a lost art. You know, you don't, nobody really does limericks anymore. I appreciate mm-hmm. you uh, bringing this, bringing this back up, Chuck. Hey man, let's bring back the limerick. I love it. Oh, uh, let me see here. Sabrina Grogan. There once was a fellow named Rhett whose love was a Southern coquette. He tried hard to shake her, but he had to heartbreak her. Do you, uh, do you think he ever had some regret? That's a good one. Gone with the Wind. Nice work. Have you seen Gone with to the me, Wind? If you're rhyming coquette oh, yeah. was good. with uh, Rhett, then you've done a good job. Yes, of course I've seen Gone with the Wind, Noel. Well, I have you? I have not seen it, Chuck. Does that make no, me a bad person? Me. No, that makes you Noel. Oh, okay. That's, uh, that's not a movie I would have expected you to see. Let's just say that. I started watching it on a plane once, but I found it... Uh, a little, a little tiresome, and I, I, I switched to, to a Fast and the Furious movie. I think. <laughs> so you watched the opposite of Gone with the Wind, basically. <laughs> uh, Scott Thiel says this: Chuck doesn't like Kevin Smith. This really has me quite miffed. Clerks is the bomb. The milk lady is his mom. It's what it's what you expect from a guy who smokes spliffs. Well, he didn't smoke pot back then, so in your face. Scott Thiel. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I think some people uh, are mad at me because I don't love Kevin Smith. I don't really love Kevin Smith. All right. I do like, I like Dogma, and I like Clerks, and I liked Mall Rats just fine, but would I ever find myself mm-hmm. like Same needing here. to go back and rewatch them? And, you know, his careers, I, I like him as a personality. I think he's a really interesting interview, and uh, I like his podcast. Oh, yeah. And um, he's got some great stories, and he's a, he's an interesting dude. Uh, 
You think? I do. I, I, I think okay. he's. I, I'd, I'd like to like kick it with him and like you know. You would. I would. I would totally blaze down with Kevin Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, that's great, Noel. I hope you guys have fun. Thanks. I hope you're. Uh, I hope you don't plan on saying many words while you're doing that. What do you mean? Because he's gonna. You won't let me get one in edgewise. Is that what oh, you? Maybe. Doing? Okay. All right. Fair enough. Perha- perhaps. Fair enough. <laughs> I see where you're going with it. No, that's all right. He he's great. He my alter ego. Uh, <laughs> Brett Giles. Brett Giles gives us this. Ho ho ho! I have a machine gun. And Severus Snap is on the run. What? Who cares about glass? It's a pain in my ass. Though I'm barefoot, these Germans are done. Oh, cute. That'd be a. I'm sorry, Chuck. I must correct you as the resident Harry Potter expert here. It's Severus <laughs> Snape, my dude. Okay, it's not Snap. It's Snape. Uh, Snape. Snape. Snap. What did I say? Snap. I said Snap. That's from Harry Potter. Yeah, Severus Snape is the character that. What's Alan, that got to do with Die Hard? Alan Rickman plays him in the oh. Harry Potter movies. <laughs> okay, this all made sense because yeah. I was like, "Hey, this is Die Hard, but I don't know who that Severus Snape is." <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb shit! Just had to had to school you on no. some Potter, <laughs> some Potter trip. Glad. Yeah, really glad. Uh, here's another one from Joshua Inman. He's having a good time with these. A high school lad named Max Fisher developed a crush on a teacher. Herman complained. Her affections depleted and so she wound up with neither mm, and rhyme scheme just really took a dive there he said there's a lot of slant rhymes but i think that still works okay and fisher developed question a teacher herman competed her affections depleted okay that's right oh and so she wound up with neither no i think that works uh, i might have read it wrong the first time maybe maybe that's it maybe that's it He's like, you screwed up my limerick. Oh man, I love the I love the language though. I love the yeah, it's it's very uh the wordplay. The no? wordplay, yes. <laughs> all right, let's finish up here. These are these are all really good. Uh let's finish up with our old pal David Mills. Will Farrell can cause some people friction. For good actors, nobody picks him. But if you want to see a movie where he excels, watch Stranger Than Fiction. You're sort of wrapping it around there. I get it. Mm-hmm. Is that the that's the feral one that's like stranger than fiction? Yeah, it's a good movie. It feels like a poor man's Charlie Kaufman script, kind of a little bit. Uh, it kind of has that vibe. Sort of it has like a being John Malkovich kind of vibe. Uh, it was a good movie. I, I haven't seen it. I've, I just just from the trailer and from reading about it. I think I was turned off to it because I felt like it was ripping, you know, Charlie Kaufman a little bit. But I'll, I'll check it out. It's worth it. It was good. Good. Yeah, okay. totally worth it. Great. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and you know what? I am going to read one more because here's one from uh, Evil Dead, uh, the Evil Dead series from James G. Woodbeck. A deadite hunter named Ash, with his chainsaw arm, he did slash. Hmm. Necronomicon's curse in his hand, it got worse. He took it off with a hack and a splash. So good. Yes. Is that two? Is that specifically referencing two or is that Army of Darkness? Uh, I think that would be two yeah. since he definitely referenced the uh, the chainsaw. But but that was well done. I'm going to try and write some limericks, Noel. This is my new hobby, I think. I had a little social distancing outdoor hang for the first time in all of this with a dear, dear friend of mine, um, and we watched Evil Dead 2 projected on the side of his house while we all, oh, while, while we all sat like six feet apart or more around, so around a fire. We also watched What's New Pussycat. Have you seen that? Sure. It's so sexist and does not hold up, but it is delightful. It's so stupid. And like It's a movie yeah, of the time. It yeah. really is of the time. It's like it's a uh, Woody Allen's first screenwriting credit, I believe, and he's in it and plays this nebbish little, you know, kind of like loser character uh who can't get the girl, you know, very uh, archetypal uh -huh. Woody Allen. But um yeah. Peter Sellers plays the quack psychiatrist uh, uh, yeah. with the bad haircut and the French accent. It's really really uh, fat fantastic. That's great. Was that a, uh, you watched that same night? Same double night. Feature? We did a double feature. Yeah, we watched most of that. We, we realized it was getting really long. We're like, how much movie is left? And there was like a whole hour and a half <laughs> left. And so we, we just kind of raged through, like just fast forwarded just to see like, because it gets kind of ridiculous. Like it's just, oh, and then there's a car race and, you know, it's just, uh, there's like a bullwhip kind of kink party all of a sudden. It's just a very strange movie and it kind of meanders. And then we, we put on Evil Dead 2 and watched that all the way through because it's just, it is so good. Chuck, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about like what as someone who's worked on film, like to set up some of those shots in Evil Dead 2, just mm -hmm. the logistics of it. It's out of control. The way control. the way he's like moving through the forest and breaking tree limbs and like flipping mm -hmm. upside down and all that stuff. I mean, just the reality of having to rig that stuff is just mind boggling to me. Yeah, when I did the Evil Dead 2 uh episode with Joe Garden, he he's a student of that film and he they actually rigged this big iron cross and strapped him to it and spun him like there were, you know, everything in that movie well, almost was practical effects. You know, there was no CG going on. So when he's going through the wood spinning there, uh, over cranking that camera or I guess under cranking the camera and spinning him in a circle. <laughs> and that's just what it looks like. It's amazing. It's incredible. It really is like a uh, cinematic feat, the whole thing, you know? So, Noel, What's New Pussycat is one hour and 50 minutes long. So, 20 minutes into the film, you guys were saying, how much longer is this? Okay, Chuck, I'm probably exaggerating <laughs> a little bit. Like my mother always said, I never let the facts stand in the way of a good story. No, uh, I think... Well, was that a good story? I... <laughs> Sorry. I'm being such a dick. <laughs> wow, Chuck. No, that was a great story, and I'm just totally ribbing you. <laughs> it's fine, Chuck. This quarantine is really, really changing people, isn't it? Oh, not me. I always give you a hard time. <laughs> All right, Noel. I think that was a good one. In the can. Yeah. Happy uh, April 20th, everyone. I think, uh, isn't it Earth Day, too, or is that tomorrow? Happy Quarantinoween. Quarantinica? 
Sure. Quarantwanza? Quarantismus? I like it. Uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this. Um, we're like I said, this mon sorry, this Friday we're going to be back with uh, searching for Bobby Fischel. Fischel? What am I? Two years old? No comment. I hurt. I hurt my shoulder. <laughs> my hair hurts. My hair. Uh, searching for Bobby Fisher on Friday with Cole Stratton. Uh, Emily and I are going to continue doing these quarantine house games. I don't know if you heard that, Noel. No. But we're we're doing this game that I saw a meme online where they had eight different houses of five very disparate celebrities, and you have to choose which which house you would want to be quarantined with. So it's like you know. Some really good people, and then like a couple of awful people. So you really have to think about like, boy, I get this person that I love and this person that I love, but I have to endure this person. Like, which house do I want to be in? So we did a a special ep on that that was from the meme, and now I'm starting to write my own and construct my own to especially frustrate Emily, and uh, and we're going to be doing more of those as well. Good stuff. I look forward to hearing some of those, Chuck, and uh, to uh, getting back together for some more minis. This is always a, always a highlight of my week. Yeah, me too, man. And I can't wait to give you a big old hug next time we can uh, see each other. Same, dude. All right. We're out. See you next week. Bye-bye. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.